joining in uh, from the world tour to fight week. We are days away from a really, really big event, Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce the participants today on the call, of course, the one and only Floyd Mayweather, joined by Leonard Ellaby, CEO of Mayweather Promotions, and Stephen Espinoza, Executive VP and General Manager of Showtime Sports. And at this time, I'll turn it over to Leonard Ellaby to begin the call. Leonard? Thank you, Kelly. Um, I would like to thank everyone for joining this call today. Um, we have a great, great event um, next Saturday, and we're excited. Just want to remind everyone on the call, this is the widest distributed pay-per-view ever. The fans can get this event however, whenever. We have the most content that's out there and it's available to them wherever and however they want to get it. In addition to our normal traditional uh, methods that we distribute our thoughts on uh, via satellite, cable, and telco providers, we have a variety of digital options. You can order now. You can go to Showtime Pay-Per-View, showtimepayperview.com, or get the Showtime Pay-Per-View app. And it's also available to Sony PlayStation, Xbox, Apple TV, and Roku. So without further ado, I would like to bring on our partner, Stephen Espinosa. Uh, thanks, Leonard. Um, and we have indeed worked very hard to make uh, this fight available as widely as possible, the maximum distribution and the maximum availability, including uh, UFC platforms, UFC.TV, the movie theaters, uh, closed circuit. Uh, there's really no excuse for not watching this fight. This is an event that transcends sports. It's captured the world's attention. Uh, we're seeing unprecedented interest in, in a number of different ways, um, surpassing, you know, really what we never expected to surpass in, in the Mayweather-Pacquiao event. Um, this is the final fight of a once-in-generation talent. It's a, a truly a once-in-a-lifetime event. Uh, the two best combat sport fighters in the world uh, facing off like we've never seen them before. In Connor, we've got someone who's as unpredictable as any opponent that Floyd has ever faced, both in and out of the ring, and it's a challenge to Floyd on a whole new level. Uh, we're supporting this matchup with three high-quality matchups um, from, uh, from Mayweather Promotions, uh, two world title fights um, headlined, of course, by one of my personal favorites as a fan, uh, Gervonta Davis, uh, the U.S. US's youngest world champion, uh, defending his title. Uh, we also have the light heavyweight world championship and the uh, all-action opening fight as well. Last point, we are uh, encouraging fans to uh, buy early. Um, there will be unprecedented uh, activity on fight day. Um, very possible that we're exceeding Mayweather-Pacquiao. We certainly are, are seeing activity, which is far in excess of that. I know all of you guys have heard that before, but to give you some specifics, um, when we post things, we're seeing things in the millions of views. Uh, when we do a Snapchat story, and it, within 48 hours, it's at, at four and a half to five million views. We know we have an unprecedented event. And uh, in order to avoid the rush, we are reminding people to buy early as much as possible. Uh, Leonard, back to you. Thank you, Stephen. Also, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, none other than the money man himself, Floyd Mayweather.
Hey, everybody, I want to say thanks for having me on this call. You know, I want to thank you guys for, you know, writing about me for the last 21 years and keeping me relevant. And without the writers and the people that's supporting this event, just period, throughout my whole career, I wouldn't be where I'm at. So I just want to say, you know, to every writer that's on this phone, um, to every blogger that's on this phone, I just want to say thank you. I appreciate you. Mayweather Promotions appreciates you. Showtime appreciates you. CBS appreciates you. MGM Grant appreciates you. Swanson Communications appreciates you. My team, my family, and my staff, everybody appreciates the stories and all the bloggers, uh, the sports writers, and everyone. We just want to say thank you. Um, and now we can get on with the questions. Okay, operator, let's go ahead and open it up for the questions, please. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your phone. Again, to ask a question, please press star one. Please hold as we wait for questions. Okay, and our first question is gonna come from Dan Wetzel. Hello? Go ahead, Mr. Wetzel. Hello? Hey, I'm here. I'm here. What's okay. going on? How are you? Um, hey, look, this is, this is, I wanted to ask you about this being your last fight. And obviously, boxing is a dangerous sport, and it's not, doesn't lend itself to, um, uh, to nostalgia the way maybe like a Kobe Bryant's last game or something like that is. But as you prepare for this, do you spend any time thinking about this is the last camp? This is going to be the last weigh-in, or, or do you think back at all to the start of your career? Um, actually, I thought that Andre Berto, I thought that was going to be the last weigh-in. I thought that was going to be the last training camp. I mean, just honestly speaking, I thought that was going to be my last everything. But, you know, you just don't never know what can happen. You know, we're here uh, with this big event, you know. So it's just that um, this is my last one, ladies and gentlemen. Um I gave my word to Al Heyman. I gave my word to my children. And one thing I don't want to do is, um, uh, you know, break that. I gave Heyman my, I gave Heyman, my, you know, my word. I gave my children my word. I'm going to stick to my word. This will be my last fight. Our next question comes from Lance Pugmire of Los Angeles Times. Hey, Floyd. Good to talk to you. Um, as you look back, as you retrace uh, your steps, kind of building on what Dan was asking you about, you know, you were struggling to gain attention around the area of 2005 before you aligned with Al Heyman. What was the, what was really the seminal moment for you that really turned the tide and got everyone's attention for you? Was it, was it more like aligning with Al Heyman and following the plan that both of you guys laid out? Was it, uh, well, 24 7 or what exactly do you think well, turned the tide i just want to touch on something um I've ne floyd mayweather has never been struggling they're just for starters so we can clean it up right now floyd mayweather has never been struggling you know um the thing is this me and al Heyman joined forces because when al Heyman seen me he's seen a, a, a not just a fighter but a person with uh with a sharp mind very articulate and, and, and very smart, not just in the ring, but outside the ring. And he knew that we can be a power 
a powerful force together. Now, once again, you know, when I fought Diego Corrales, I done good numbers. When I fought Angel Man Freddie, I done good numbers. You know, in the list before I even got to Heyman, I done good numbers. But me and Heyman together came together and had a game plan. Whereas when I was dealing with people in the past, nobody never really had a game plan. I had a game plan. Leonard had a game plan. Me and Leonard both had a game plan. But it was a, it was a missing piece. So, but when we all came together as one, that's when we I came up with the game plan, and they started putting everything into play. Yeah, and, and uh, also after this fight, how do you think you're going to spend your life? I know you got Mayweather promotions, but what else are you going to be involved in, and what are you going to be doing as the day starts? Well, yeah, my you know my real estate portfolio is truly amazing. You know, I have the real estate, I have um, a real estate that's very, very huge. That's a huge part of my life. Um, you know, my children are going to college, so that that's going to take up a lot of my time because, you know, education is extremely important in, in my home. You know, I want my kids to do something that I wasn't able to do. I want them to be able to go to college and then and the businesses that I leave for them, I want them to be able to take those businesses and take them to the next level. And, you know, um, if I took a business and made a hundred million, I want them to take it to, to the next level to make four or five hundred million. So it's all about giving back. And I built different businesses and got businesses started so my children's children can take over someday. Yeah, Lance, Lance and Stephen, just um, I know you didn't ask it to me, but I'll answer it anyway. Uh, you know, I think a, a critical, a critical turning point in Floyd's career was yeah. um, buying himself out of out of the top rank contract. Um, that, that is, yeah, that is going, going out on a limb, you know, paying $750,000 with no guarantees on what's going to happen on the other side of that without the courage to make that move, without the foresight to make that move, you know, nothing, nothing in the rest of this is possible. Uh, so, you know, it's easy to sit back and say, you know, and forget that it all starts with taking risk. No one has this level of success without taking a risk. And that's that's one very tangible point where Floyd put his money where his mouth is, took the risk, and was able to reap the rewards. Right. Well, thank you, guys. I appreciate that. Thank you, Stephen. Our next, next question comes from Dan Raphael of ESPN. Thank you very much. Hello, Floyd. Hey, Dan. What's going on? Oh, not too much. Uh, I wanted to. You, you sound. You got a little nostalgic with some of these questions. I, I heard you bring up Angel Manfredi and Diego Corrales fights. I want to ask you a couple questions about uh, your the, your your career. I know you're undefeated, and you obviously have dominated everywhere you've been as a professional boxer. But in your mind, in what weight class? Because you've won championships from 130 up to 154 pounds. But what weight class do you believe that you were at your absolute best in, and why? Well, I think that it all depends on certain fights. You know, you look at the Diego Corrales fight, that's what a lot of people talk about, and that was at 130. You know, and at 135, the fight against Philip Endu, people like to talk about, that was one of their favorite fights. At 140, then I, then I talk about uh, the fight against, uh, you know, a Torogado, because I really, I really wasn't at 40, at 140 that long. And then at, at 147, um, they like to talk about the fight against Ricky Hatton. And then at, at, at 154, they like to talk, talk about the fight against. I mean, they said it was a hell of a fight between me and Miguel Cotto. 
But then they also talk about how I was dominant at 154 against Canelo. So, I mean, I mean, I guess different different days you feel different ways when you go out there and compete. So, you know, I, I'm one. I don't even want to judge myself. I just want to say that, um, you know, different days I feel a different way. So, and it, it all depends on how I feel when I go out there. I mean, because some days I don't feel, you know, up to par, but I still go out there and, and put on, you know, a hell of a show. And then some days I feel great, and it's not, and, and the show is really not that good. Now, in your 49 wins, you had a lot of great performances, obviously. But is, is there one performance that stands out to you? I mean, I know there's a lot of a lot of top uh, performances, but if you had to pick one and said that was me on my best night, uh, you know whether it was some of the fights you just mentioned or maybe it was when you won the title for the first time against Gennaro or, you know, any number of fights. Which was the one that you said this was the best Floyd Mayweather there's ever been? Uh, I, I, I can't really say. I just, <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I don't even watch my fights because it's hard for me to watch my fights because I go, it could be a fight against, it could be a fight against any guy, any of my top fights that the fans and people say that they love the most. But when I look at it, I'm like, I could have done this better. I could have done that better because I'm a critic of myself, and I feel like it's never good enough. When I go out there and I compete, I'm like, I could have done that better. I could have done that better. I could have done that better. So it's best not to even watch it. But my kids, my kids love going on. My uh, my oldest son and both my boys and my not my youngest daughter, but my my three oldest, they love going on YouTube and watching it. So then, is there one where where maybe I mean you want obviously won the fight because you're unbeaten. Was there one fight in your mind where you were like, even though you got the victory, uh, that you were maybe a little disappointed in your performance, and you said, you know what, I that was not my. I don't know, you know, some people thought the first fight you had with Jose Luis Castillo was perhaps a little bit close. I know you've always said uh, that your toughest fight was against Emmanuel Burton, Emmanuel Augustus, uh, which was the one that you felt like, you know what, I, I won a final fight. Yeah, that wasn't my best. Um, I won a fight. Um, Probably again, um, it's been a, it's been a few fights where I probably said, yeah, I won, but that wasn't my best. You know, it's been a few fights. You know, I said, you know, I won, but I wasn't at my best. But you know, um, I, I come back and, and look better the next time. Well, 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 look a lot better the next time. All right, Floyd. Thank you very much. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you. Our next question comes from Martin Rogers of USA Today. Hi, Floyd. Uh, when you fought Ricky Hatton in 2007, there was an incredibly strong uh, British traveling presence. Uh, there may be the same here uh, with McGregor because of the support that he enjoys. Um, what do you expect the atmosphere and the, the level of crowd support to be like on the night, and how do you think that will be divided between yourself and him? Um, well, it really doesn't have anything to do with the crowd. It has something to do with the two competitors. It can be pro-McGregor. It can be pro-Mayweather. You know, but it's all about excitement. You know, the people that's... It's, it's all about giving everybody excitement. My fans as well as his fans. That's really what it's about. You know, and even with the, you know, with the Ricky Hatton fight, I want to touch on the subject so everybody know um, that me and, me and Ricky Hatton actually fought in we fought at 147, but we fought in 10 ounce gloves. So, so I just want to make sure everybody on the phone is aware of me and Rick. When, when me and Ricky hadn't competed and fought against each other, 
who wore ten ounce gloves and weighed one with one hundred forty seven pounds. On on Connor's call yesterday, somebody said that you'd fought you, you had fought almost every fight in your career with eight ounce gloves uh, and not ten. Is that true? How how often have you used the eight ounce gloves and how often the ten ounce gloves? Well. Well, when you're fighting at, okay, this is how the weight classes go. From 147 all the way down in, in boxing weight classes, you fight in 8-ounce gloves. From 154 all the way to heavyweight, you fight in 10-ounce gloves. But at one particular time in boxing, um, it was, there was a lot of head, head trauma and head injuries um, at, at, I think, around 140, what, 140 pounds, 147 pounds. So... They had brought 10-ounce gloves in uh, for the fighters to wear at uh, 147 and 140. And then I think at 135, all the way down, they were letting fighters wear 8-ounce gloves. But then they went back. I guess they wasn't getting the, the blood, sweat, and tears they expected to get. So they had to go back to the guys wearing 8-ounce gloves at 147 all the way down. Thank you. Our next question comes from Brian Graham of The Guardian. Hey, Floyd. Um, maybe the one bigger story in America right now uh, than this fight has to do with the protests this weekend in Charlottesville and, and the president's reaction to it. You're seeing athletes who never speak on political issues like LeBron James and just today Kevin Durant really take a stand like you don't normally see. Uh, you're one of the few athletes in the world who's on that level, probably even bigger than like a LeBron James globally. Uh, I was just wondering how closely you followed what happened uh, this weekend with the protests, and if you had any thoughts on it and the president's reaction to it. Well, uh, I've been honestly extremely, extremely busy, so I haven't really even been on social media or been watching TV. You know, I've been extremely, extremely busy um, training, working out, and, and actually just you know, just spending a lot of time with my daughter. But I've seen some things, and, you know, you know what's going on down in, it's, 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 how you say, Charlottesville? Charlottesville, yeah, in Virginia. Yeah, Charlottesville. Um, it's not cool. It's not cool at all. And, you know, like I, like I always talk about, the world needs to be more of a positive place. And, you know, I didn't really hear what the president said. Um, I've been so focused on this event. This event is so huge. I really had time to focus on anything but this event. All right, thanks, Floyd. Good luck. Thank you. Our next question comes from Gareth Davies of Daily Telegraph. Mr. Davies, you have a question? Operator, go to the next question. He'll get in queue if he wants to come back around. Okay, great. Our next question is from Damon Martin, MMA Weekly. Hey, Floyd. Thanks for taking the time today. Uh, I was curious. It's been, you know, a, a very short video, but I was curious if you saw the footage that was released of Connor's sparring session with Pauli Malignaggi and, and what you thought of that, even though it was only about 20 seconds. Um, I had a chance to see it. And my thoughts is, um, I think it was a, 
it was it was inter- it was real interesting. But you know, a lot of rabbit punching, illegal rabbit punching behind the head. A lot of shots was illegal. A lot of a lot of grappling, a lot of wrestling, a lot of illegal shots. I mean, that's just my honest opinion. But you know, I think that I'm pretty sure the referee is going to be fair on both sides. I don't. I want the referee to be fair and treat both competitors, myself and Conor McGregor, treat us both, you know, be even and treat us fair. And I just want to have, a, you know, you know, a good solid fight. Did you did you believe that he got the knockdown on Pauly based on the video we saw? I mean, I mean, I, I, last time I checked, I mean, some may call it a knockdown, knockdown. Some may not call it a knockdown. At the end of the day, it only counts once once you get under the lights. That's just the gym. You know, we can't with judge. The, we, we, we sit down here judging Paulie, a guy that's uh, been retired and just, you know, commentating and, and traveling the world and not going to the gym at all, just going in there with a, a guy who's just working out, an athlete, period, that's just working out just every day, every day. And um, honestly, it shouldn't even went, it shouldn't have even went 12 rounds with a guy that's, with a young guy that's asking. And yesterday, Floyd, they they announced the uh, the referee and the judges uh, for the fight. Robert Bird is a referee that's known for not interfering much in fights, using his voice more than actually stepping in and separating the fighters. I want to get your reaction on that assignment of the referee, and and do you think that will play a part in the fight at all? Uh, considering you know Connor, you know we we saw that video. He he likes to clinch. He, you know he may, may be looking to rough you up. I mean, what do you think about the assignment that you got for the referee? Uh, I think, like I said, I, I truly believe the referee's going to do his job. The referee's job is to make sure the fighters that he's keeping the ball clean. And I want to, you know, listen, we don't have a hell of a fight. Um, like I said, on numerous occasions, building up to this fight, I'm coming straight ahead. So he don't have nothing to worry about. Um, and I, I look forward to following the Queen's Barry rules of boxing. And I'm pretty sure he, look, he looks forward to following it. Between Barry rules of boxing, he had Joe Cortez in his training camp, which is a which is a great thing. Even though he had Joe Cortez in his training camp, I still seen him doing being extremely dirty. But my job is not to worry about the referee. My job is to go out there and fight and let the referee do his job. Yeah, let me let me add on to that. Um, we're we're very pleased uh, with the selection of all the officials that we have for the entire card. Um, for August the 26th, with the referee included. Uh, Nevada Athletic Commission is the best commission out there, and they, they have the best officials in place, and we're very happy. And last question, Floyd. The other big thing that came out yesterday, which you kind of addressed, is the eight-ounce gloves. Obviously, you fought in eight-ounce gloves, but but do you think that, that favors you or Connor more, the fact that they dropped the glove size down to eight ounces, or, or, or how do you think that really affects the, the outcome of this fight? I'm not really worried about the outcome. I'm, 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 it's more worried about excitement. Um, I mean, you know, uh, I understand he's, he's used to fighting in four-ounce gloves. If you go to my social media page, you'll see what I I put out there to the world to see. You know, I said, you know, if you want to fight me, I want to make I want to make him feel comfortable as possible. I'm not going to have any excuses, and I don't want him to have any, any excuses. Thanks, Floyd. Our next question is coming from Morgan Campbell of Toronto Star. 
Hey, this question is for Floyd. Um, Floyd, what are you really curious about, um, you know, now that you're 40, last time you thought you were 38, how has the process of training and recovery changed as you aged? Um, you know, it's difficult. It's not, it's not really the same. But, you know, I think with age comes wisdom. You know, just, you know, knowing your body. You know, when I was younger, and I talked about this media day, just knowing your body. You're young, it's fight, 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 fight. Never let the body recoup or rejuvenate. Whereas I'm older, so uh, resting, resting is, is very, 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 very important. So I like, you know, I, I worked extremely hard still at, my, at the age of 40, but I'm letting the body rest a lot more. And that's why, you know, you, you guys seen on all access, you seen I was taking uh, yoga. I have a, a whole team, you know, that, you know, when I'm resting, they help me keep my body intact and in order. Okay, so then looking at your interview with Stephen A. Swift, Stephen A. Smith from the other week, he said, yeah, Connor's a lot younger. I'm slipping. I've lost a step. Like, how much do you really believe that? And how much are you saying that uh, to, 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 generate interest in the fight uh, from the standpoint that it seems more even if you can sell the idea that you've slipped? Well, I'm just being honest. I don't think that I'm the same for me that I was um, 21 years ago. Of course not. And I'm, I don't think um, that I'm the same Floyd Mayweather that I was 10 years ago. I'm not even the same Floyd Mayweather that I was five or two years ago. Um, but I still said that I still have a you know, a high IQ in that, in that ring. And I said, you know, experience-wise, it leans towards me, you know, just period. When Most time when I go out there and compete against any fighter, experience will always leans toward, lean towards me because I have, you know, I've been in the ring and been at, at, at such a high level for so long. Okay, thank you, Floyd. Thank you. Our next question is from John Elegon of New York Times. Hi, Floyd. Um, last year in that uh, Fight Hype interview, you said uh, when you were referring to May, Tim McGregor, excuse me, you were saying, uh, quote, they say he talk a lot of trash and people praise him for it, but when he did it, um, but when he did it, but when I did it, they say I'm cocky and arrogant, so biased. Like I said before, all I'm saying is this, I ain't racist at all, but I'm telling you racism still exists. And I was curious, uh, now that you've been through like this press tour and whatnot with, uh, with McGregor, how do you feel fans or maybe even others, maybe journalists or others in boxing, how do you feel that they treat you all differently? And, and do you feel like you I know we kind of, it kind of, the phone kind of messed up. Say it, hello? Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, did, you, did you hear um, the last part of the question? Uh, it just like at, at the end, I didn't hear the end part. You said oh, about yeah, uh, the writers, yeah. the writers in the media. Yeah, I was saying, um, now that you've been through, like, this press tour and everything with uh, with McGregor, how do you feel the fans, or maybe even others, maybe the, maybe it be writers or other people in boxing, how do they feel, how do you feel that they treat you all differently, you and McGregor differently, and do you believe that race plays any role in that? I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not going to even really touch on that anymore. I spoke on that, and I'm, I'm going to leave it out. I love that. You know, I spoke about that before. I'm going to let, I'm going to let Mena Ellaby kind of touch on that subject. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he's a student. Uh, Leonard, go ahead and touch on that subject. 
Yes, and and, and as as you know, the things that he was saying it was you know the back and forth banter. You know, it, it's trash talk. You know, and and I'm sure that that whatever was left on the press tour, that's where it was at. Yeah, and I guess I was. Boys focus. focus is fighting next week, and 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 putting on a great performance for all the fans across the world. That's where we are at. Yeah, and I guess I was, I was referring to the comments not necessarily on the press tour, but the ones that he gave to Fight Hype last year, and I think it resonated with a lot of uh, a lot of black folks who I talked to in, in the sense that um, you spoke to really a double standard that I think a lot of black people in America feel. So I was just kind of curious if, if you yeah, saw that. And, and, and there are double standards out there, and and but you know that goes on with anything. That goes on with anything. There's there's a high awareness out there that the the public. There's a lot of things that goes on. You know, again. His focus is next Saturday and going on there and putting on an electrifying performance in front of his fans. That's that's where we at. Thank you. Our next question comes from Luke Reddy of BBC Sports. Hi, Slide. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Very good, thank you. Um, a quick, uh, we've been over to Dublin, to Ireland, to chat to some people who've who know uh, Conor McGregor and have grown up with him, and a few of them have to- told us that you were uh, one of his idols. He used to study videos of you, your pull counter, and various punches. I wonder when you've been stood with him, do you see anything of you in him um, when you've spoken and been a few feet away from each other? I don't think there's no fighter that's in this, just in, I mean, combat sports period that hasn't, that's in combat sports right now that hasn't looked at a Floyd Mayweather video or studied a Floyd Mayweather fight. I mean, at least I don't think so because I think this is like, this is the Mayweather era and I was so dominant in my era. So when a person has been so dominant in his era, I think other fighters are going to pay attention or other mixed uh, MMA fighters are going to pay attention because they want to be in the, they want to be at that same level and they want to do the same thing. They want to dominate with ease. Do you see anything in the character between you and him when you kind of interacting? Similarities at all? Um, um, I mean, I, I mean, not really. I mean, he's a, he's a. I mean, of course, I was, I was, I'm huge in boxing, but I'm huge in MMA. Also, you know, I'm huge in both. What I'm saying, my name is huge in MMA, but I'm, uh, you know, I made uh, a, a crazy, you know, I made I made a, a crazy name in the sport of boxing. But it's, it's crazy that, you know, I, I was working so I, I was I've been working so so hard throughout the years that I ended up having a big name in MMA. Also, so I, I, even though I never competed in the MMA, I'm still a big name in the MMA. And uh, Stephen Espinosa pointed to something earlier on. He said how you took a big risk um, early on in your career. Um, given the point you're both at now, who is taking the bigger risk here? I truly believe I'm taking a bigger risk. I mean, but it's a big reward for, for both. But I'm taking a bigger risk. You know, I have the 49-0 record. And you know, uh, when a fighter has lost before, if he loses again, they say, "Oh, it's nothing. He lost before." But when a fighter has been dominating for twenty some years, 
never lost. Everything is on the line. My legacy, my boxing record, everything is on the line. Okay. Have you considered, like, when, when you say there's so much on the line, I mean, does, have you stopped at any point and kind of thought, you know, wow, there is there is a, a whole lifetime's work here that I am putting out there, or do you kind of not let it enter your mind? I just try to just, uh, I just try to, you know, really try to focus on just being positive and, and you know, just worry about going out there and doing what I do best. You know, I try not to think about losing or taking an L. You know, that, that's not really my focus. You know, every day, you know, I tell myself I'm a winner. I was born to be a winner um, at life. Not just in the ring, but I was born to be a winner. So whatever I do, I try to give it 100%, and I try to push my limit, myself to the limit. Uh, but like Stephen said, it's all about taking risks. And I wouldn't be where I'm at if I didn't take risks. So I don't mind putting the 49-0 record on the line. I don't mind, uh, you know, um, putting everything on the line, uh, you know, for, for this fight. I feel like it's worth it. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. This is the last question, Floyd. One more and we're good to go. Operator, go ahead. And that question comes from Salvador Rodriguez of ESPN Deportes. Hello, Floyd. Good afternoon. Hey, um, how important is for you make the 50 victory in your career? One more over the Rocky Marciano record. Uh, I don't, I, you know, I don't really try to focus on no other fighter, but I'm appreciative for every fighter, and you know that that paved the way for me to be where I'm at. I always talk about I appreciate the legendary fighters, even though, uh, you know, uh, this is number 50. This is my 50th fight. You know, that, that's not really my focus. My focus is uh, to uh, go out there and, and get the fans in an exciting fight. Even though I know I know this is number 50, and we're constantly talking about Rocky Marciano, I just always like to let the fans and the people know Rocky Marciano is a legend. Rocky Marciano did it his way, and, and you know, I just like to try to do it the Mayweather way. Thank you so much, and good luck next August 26th. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Any last closing comments, Floyd, and we will wrap this up. I just want to say thank you to everybody. I want to say thank you, Leonard. I want to thank Showtime. I want to thank CBS. I want to thank Kelly Swanson. Um, I've got to thank Al Hammond. And I want to thank everybody that called in, all the writers, all the, all the bloggers. Um, everyone from the MMA world, every, everybody from the boxing world, everybody from the sports world. I just really want to say thank you. And me and my team, and that's all. We all appreciate you guys. Talk to you later. Thank you, everybody. See you soon. Thanks, Lana. Thanks, Stephen. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes our program. You may now disconnect.